Hey, good morning. Today is Thursday, the 23rd of May, 2019. Today, we remember Nicholas Copernicus and Johannes Kepler, which is really awesome for a nerd like me. <laughs> Our Psalms this morning are Psalm 70 optional and Psalm 71, Wisdom 14, 27 through 15, 3, Romans 14, 1 through 12, and Luke 8, 26 through 39. I have a couple personal things that I'm going to share. And so if you want to fast forward, that's cool. And, you know, quite honestly, it's a little tough to share this kind of stuff, but I also think it's helpful. I think God uses the trials in our lives to help other people. And what I'm walking through right now in my workplace was actually helpful in advising a friend of mine and something that she's working through in, in her personal life. So here's the deal. Um, I'm going to state it very plainly and without details because I believe that even perpetrators deserve respect and privacy. They're still humans, except in the case where like the people around them need to be warned. Like for example, parents of children when there is a sexual predator in the neighborhood, right? We get those warnings. Those are good. So. I don't think that there's an expectation of privacy where other safety is concerned. But other than that, I think all human beings deserve respect and privacy because they're all children of God. So over the last few months, I've been bullied at work. It's been verbal abuse. And then a couple of days ago, it escalated to the point of physical assault. I'm fine. <laughs> it wasn't... Um, it was not assault to the point of injury, uh, but anytime you put your hands on somebody and it's unwanted, that's assault. Uh, and a punch in the arm counts as that too. Just so you guys know, like that's not okay. <laughs> um, and if that's happening to you, that's not okay. And that's kind of why I'm sharing this. I think that I think that we tolerate a lot of things in our environments because we don't want to be that person that everybody else goes, oh, I can't say this or I can't say that. I have to watch everything I say. I have to watch everything I do. But let's be real here. There are boundaries and we should all be aware of boundaries and it shouldn't be a problem when we let the people around us, whether they're superiors, subordinates or whatever, know when we've crossed a boundary. And if somebody is crossing a boundary with you and you have made that known and it doesn't correct, it escalates, that's a problem. And you, all of us should, we have the right to safe relationships, whether that's workplace relationships or personal relationships. Um, I read an article recently on the increasing danger of violence in teen dating relationships. And you guys probably know me. I, I joke around. Um, I, I am a passionate and kind of fiery person. Recently, one of the organizations that I work with made my name into a verb. And I think it means something like, like being feisty and tenacious and going after something. <laughs> so, you know, with all that being said, 
let me make this really clear. Like we all deserve a safe environment at home, at work. And if it's not, then go and get help. And I, I had my first I don't want to say my first, but, um, the response to this incident involved victim blaming. So you're probably familiar with this, but victim blaming is when the perpetrator comes back and says, well, the victim did this, the victim did that. The most common cases of that are the publicized cases about sexual assault and rape. Um, I think it was the case in Spain where the perp came back because um, she was wearing tight jeans. You don't need to be perfect in order to be able to expect that your human rights are observed. So in my case, the perp came back to our mutual supervisor and said, well, she was disrespecting me with her language. Um, and we could go into a whole, and I did a whole self introspection thing on that, but here's the bottom line. And, and here's one of the lessons that maybe I want to share, not that I'm your teacher, but we're all learning together. Right? So lesson number one is even as adults, Bullying's not okay. Anytime somebody puts your, their hands on you and it's unwanted, that's not okay either. Bullying and assault, bullying and assault still not okay. All right. <laughs> Those seem like pretty basic, but we can get kind of tangled up in stuff because of context. So bottom lines there. And another bottom line, victim blaming is not okay. You don't have to be perfect to earn your human rights. Okay. Cause none of us are perfect. So that's an unfair expectation. So when a perpetrator comes back and says, well, but this, this is this. No, no, no matter what, came before it, no matter what he, she, or they said, wore, looked like, it's not okay. And you know what? I have been on both sides of this. I have been on the other side where I crossed a line. And I think that is yesterday we talked about loving each other, right? Loving responses. I think it is a healthy and loving response to correct someone when they have crossed the line. Cause listen, we all have it in us to be perpetrators. Let's be real about that. And when we're in that position, it's our job to correct. Then the fourth thing that um, has come out of this is an acknowledgement that healthy people are integrated. 
and compartmentalization, while a great coping mechanism is not a healthy way to permanently function. So, and I will just go ahead and continue using myself as an example. I'm pretty feeling pretty raw and hurt over this whole thing in general, right? I try to be self-aware. So I acknowledge that. And I acknowledge that in my other interactions, I am feeling pretty raw and I'm not having a lot of tolerance right now. (laughs) So I'm aware of that. And here's the key because hurt people hurt people. This person who bullied and assaulted me is a hurt person. Here's how we break the cycle and don't wound others out of our woundedness. We are aware. And so, for example, I was really intentional when I picked my son up from school. I said, hey, Jack, if I look like I'm not feeling well, here's why. And I didn't burden my bud with the whole story, but just like I'm talking to y'all right now, I talked to him about some lessons from this because he went through being bullied last year, you know? And so I talked to him about that and I said, so I'm feeling a little raw and emotional right now. I didn't come home and, and take it out on him. You know what I mean? there have been times I've had a totally stressful day at work and come home and been snappy. I'm not saying that's okay either, but I'm saying that awareness and intentionality are the first step to breaking the cycle of abuse. The other thing is, and it goes along with being holistic, integrated people, When we begin to stand up for ourselves and establish barrier, not barriers, (laughs) boundaries in one area of our lives, other areas will follow. We should all be growing and transforming all the time, right? That is the best part of the human condition, right? And so when I establish healthy boundaries in my personal life, those might spill over. So for example, I'm going back into my workplace and I will in a few days, um, I'm giving myself time too, right? I'm giving myself time to heal before Okay, and let me back up from that. In the in the case of any kind of abuse, the situation needs to be nipped in the bud like immediately and the victim needs to be made safe, right? I do believe in restorative justice. It is also totally inappropriate to ever make a victim be alone with a perpetrator especially in a short window, like within a 24 hour time period, just for example, restorative justice is a good thing. 
but should always, always, always be mediated by someone who can keep the victim safe. I ran into a couple things earlier on in my career um, where one of one of my peers wanted to put a victim and perpetrator alone on an assignment and quote, let them work it out. <laughs> That's not appropriate. Okay. So while we're learning lessons here, all of that stuff, we can give ourselves time to heal and then we can problem solve and hopefully learn something, right? Because perpetrators aren't less than human. They're still human beings and hopefully they learn. But that, that learning, that restorative justice needs to be done in a way that is safe for everybody involved. And you all might've heard me talk before about how I see the evolution from victim to survivor to warrior, right? All of that has to happen kind of like grief, right? It's not that because in one situation we move through victim, survivor, warrior, right? So like I was abused as a child. I made the path from victim to survivor, warrior. Now as an adult, another instance happens where I'm victimized. I have to work through victim, survivor, warrior in that instance as well. It's not like you do it once and then you're good no matter what else happens the rest of your life. I will say that you probably have a little more experience with it and that can either go one way or the other. And it's kind of like grief. I know that when someone in my community dies, I grieve them. And to an extent, I also grieve the people that I have lost before. And that's pretty normal human stuff. I mean, like that's why All Souls Day is such a beautiful remembrance where we remember everyone who's gone on before. Again, it's kind of interconnected. When it becomes in-health, unhealthy is when the re-victimization kind of gets us stuck in a chronic victim mode or when we get stuck in chronic grief, which is kind of similar to like chronic depression. So learning the process and being aware of the process does help us, but let's not rush, our, rush ourselves through the process, right? So awareness is a beautiful tool and it's the key to healing. And that is the healthy side of like, oh, I recognize this experience, right? And I have learned from it and I am going to apply those lessons, but let's not let that rush myself or let's not let it like spiral me down either, right? So all of that. And then when we start to heal and grow in one area of our lives, we tend to look at our stuff like it's totally separate, right? And compartmentalization has a place. Compartmentalization works really well for dealing in the moment with anything from low level stress to trauma. So for example, um, if I'm on the battlefield and something happens, I have to compartmentalize it so that I can move forward with my mission. But eventually you've got to deal with whatever you put in that compartment, right? 
we tend to kind of look at it like it's a permanent thing and there is a degree of compartmentalization that is needed in our lives. Like that's one of the ways that we break the cycle and don't bring the stress home, right? Stressful day at work. I leave that at our phrase for that is leaving that at work, right? Not bringing it home. Well, in the right time and place, we still have to process all that. I really like the way Brene Brown says it about leaders. If they don't deal with emotions, we'll deal with behaviors later. It's, it's the same with us. It's going to come out in some way. So the way to process that, and thank you guys, because talking to you about this right now is part of my processing. The way to process that is to get into a safe space and to work through it. And those of us in helper functions, like we help other people with it. And a lot of times that, I mean, it's the whole wounded healer thing. When you've walked through a healing process, you are uniquely suited to help somebody else walk through theirs because you can look with both, you know, empathy with all three, empathy, compassion, and knowledge. And so it's okay when stuff bleeds over. It's okay if you stop and in a moment of self-reflection, say to yourself, hey, I see myself being emotional in other interactions that I wouldn't have before. And it's okay to take a minute and decide whether or not that's something that you need to check or something that's okay. So like, for example, it would be a problem if because I was emotional about being victimized, I was unable to perform at work. I was just crying every time somebody talked to me or yelling every time somebody talked to me. I would need to take a couple days off and work on it until I was healed enough to go back to work, right? Um, but there's a positive side of that too. I am establishing stronger boundaries in my workplace. It is normal and natural and healthy to observe that I start behaving in a way that is more self-assured and establishing boundaries in my personal relationships as well. And that, that can be scary for the people around us, right? Like, so I'm not dating anybody right now, but let's say that I was, and let's say that there were a couple ways that this manifested one that like for a couple days, I didn't want to be touched and I'm normally a very physically affectionate person. So that would be unusual. My, it's okay to have that boundary and communication is the key, right? Communicate that clearly to my partner and say, Hey, I, I'm in this place where I need to do some healing. And for a few days, I would prefer not to be touched. My partner should respect that boundary. Even though that's a new boundary introduced into our relationship, my partner should respect that. And then also, if in this healing process, I realize that I've been allowing my partner to talk to me in a way that really doesn't make me feel very good. And I started standing up for the way that people speak to me at work. So all of a sudden, I'm kind of standing up to my partner and saying, hey, those words that you're using, they, they're wounding. And that, that's not okay. Could you use more respectful language? That's all right. You're not taking it out on your partner when you holistically 
apply the healing and growth in all aspects of your life. That's okay. That's normal. That's natural. That's healthy. That's healing. And now that I've rambled for 20 minutes about other stuff, <laughs> I'm going to get on with um, our morning prayer. So thank you very much for listening. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you for being part of my process and part of my healing. And as members of the larger universal community, I think that that's important for us to do. If this was unhelpful to you, I'm sorry. And I hope you fast forwarded it. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. We'll use the confession found on page 79 of the Book of Common Prayer. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God. Let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Alleluia, Christ is risen. O come, let us worship. Alleluia. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to the Lord a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. Psalm 72. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. 
May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give, del give deliverance to the needy and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures for as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more. Oops, I was reading Psalm 72. I was like, wait a minute, this sounds pretty familiar. Um, although it's a good lesson in, in what good leadership looks like, right? It's a prayer for the king. All right, let's go to Psalm 71 is the one we're actually supposed to be reading. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel. For you, O Lord, are my hope. My trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from my birth. It was you who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been like a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all day long. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me, and those who watch for my life consult together. They say, pursue and seize that person whom God has forsaken, for there is no one to deliver. O oh God, do not be far from me. O oh my God, make haste to help me. Let my accusers be put to shame and consumed. Let those who seek to hurt me be covered with scorn and disgrace. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all day long, though their number is past my knowledge. I will come praising the mighty deeds of the Lord God. I will praise your righteousness, yours alone. O oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to all the generations to come. Your power and your righteousness, O oh God, reach the high heavens. You who have done great things, O oh God, who is like you? You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth you will bring me up again. You will increase my honor and comfort me once again. I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O oh my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also, which you have rescued. All day long my tongue will talk of your righteous help. For those who tried to do me harm have been put to shame and disgraced.
praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Wisdom of Solomon. For the worship of idols not to be named is the beginning and cause and end of every evil. For their worshipers either rave in exultation or prophecy lies or live unrighteously or readily commit perjury. For because they trust in lifeless idols, they swear wicked oaths and expect to suffer no harm. But just penalties will overtake them on two counts because they thought wrongly about God in devoting themselves to idols, and because in deceit they swore unrighteously through contempt for holiness. For it is not the power of the things by which people swear, but the just penalty for those who sin, that always pursues the transgression of the righteous, of the unrighteous. But you, our God, are kind and true, patient and ruling all things in mercy, for even if we sin, we are yours, knowing your power. But we will not sin because we know that you acknowledge us as yours. For to know you is complete righteousness, and to know your power is the root of immortality. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle A on page 30. A Song of Wisdom. Wisdom freed from a nation of oppressors, a holy people and a blameless race. She entered the soul of a servant of the Lord, withstood dread rulers with wonders and signs. To the saints she gave the reward of their labors and led them by a marvelous way. She was their shelter by day and a blaze of stars by night. She brought them across the Red Sea. She led them through mighty waters but their enemies she swallowed in the waves and spewed them out from the depths of the abyss. And then, Lord, the righteous sang hymns to your name and praised with one voice your protecting hand. For wisdom opened the mouths of the mute and gave speech to the tongues of a newborn people. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not abstain, those, must not despise those who abstain. And those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat. For God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall. And they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day observe it in honor of the Lord. And those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. 
and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or your sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each of us will be accountable to God. Let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. If your brother or sister is being injured by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Do not let what you eat cause the ruin of one for whom Christ died. Forgive me, I went on a couple. I was supposed to stop at 14. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 16, found on page 27 of Enriching Our Worship 1. The Song of Zechariah. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. Through your holy prophets you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears, and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the, he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. 
Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us say together the Apostles' Creed, found on page 41 of Enriching Our Worship 1. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Help us, O God, our Savior. Deliver us and forgive our sins. Look upon your congregation. Give to your people the blessing of peace. Declare your glory among the nations and your wonders among all peoples. Do not let the oppressed be shamed and turned away. Never forget the lives of your poor. Continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your favor to those who are true of heart. Satisfy us by your loving kindness in the morning. So shall we rejoice and be glad all the days of our life. I'm not going to go back through the readings. I have uh, spent enough time talking this morning, I think, but I think that there are important lessons there. And I'm going to try to do evening prayer and have a full commentary this evening. But right now, I need to get into work. And I, I want to persevere in our healing prayers as well. So let us name before God those for whom we request healing. O oh God, look with mercy on those who suffer and heal their spirits, that they may be delivered from sickness and fear. 
Restore hope for the desolate. Give rest to the weary. Comfort the sorrowful. Be with the dying and bring them, finally, to their true heavenly home. For Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Compassionate God, you so love the world that you sent us Jesus to bear our infirmities and afflictions. Through acts of healing, he revealed you as the true source of health and salvation. For the sake of your Christ who suffered and died for us, conquered death and now reigns with you in glory, hear the cry of your people. Have mercy on us, make us whole and bring us at last into the fullness of your eternal life. Amen. Mend broken relationships and restore those in emotional distress to soundness of mind and serenity of spirit. Bless physicians, nurses, and all others who minister to the suffering, granting them wisdom and skill, sympathy and patience. Grant to the dying peace and a holy death and uphold by the grace and consolation of your Holy Spirit those who are bereaved. Restore to wholeness whatever is broken by human sin in our lives, in our nation, and in the world. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, all this I pray. Amen. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear for our creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.